All right, welcome into Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Sunday night as I am recording this. Uh, never left my apartment today. I, I needed a, a much-needed rest day after uh, just a few things that happened over the course of this weekend, and I, in turn, took a break from going to see the Nuggets on the final end of this road trip. And clearly, I missed a pretty big, fun game. Uh, this was great. This was a great win for those Nuggets. Uh, they win this one against the Portland Trailblazers, blow them out. 124 to 95. The Munder streak lives on. Five straight Munders on this homestand. That's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen that before. This Nuggets team, like this Nuggets franchise, for so many years has been a bad defensive team. And they weren't great tonight, don't get me wrong. I thought that they kind of got lucky in terms of the actual offensive rating that they gave up based off of some of the open shots that they were giving up to good shooters. But they lucked out. Uh, Portland clearly wasn't in the mood to play any good defense today. And the Nuggets, for the first time this year, really obliged. And they had a great offensive performance. 47.5% from the three-point line. 19 of 40. They go as a team 52-47-79 in this game. Only turn the ball over nine times. Out-rebound Portland 49-36. It was just a massacre. Just a complete annihilation. And it started with the starters. Uh, In this game, Denver, they got up at about 67-53, I'm pretty sure, at the half. And the primary reason for that was Nikola Jokic. He was incredible in this game. And and the final line doesn't necessarily show it perfectly, including the plus minus. I actually thought that Portland, they gave a pretty good effort in the third quarter. They actually outscored Denver in in the second and the third quarter in the middle of this game. But first and fourth, they let go of the rope completely. And that was the biggest difference in this one. But in that first quarter to start, uh, Jokic was just diming. He was just absolutely on point in terms of the off-ball cutting from his teammates, hitting those cutters, hitting the corner three-point shooters, things like that. Ran the two-man game with Monte Morris really well. And the Nuggets took advantage of it. They immediately got out to a 15-point lead in that first quarter. And it was great. It was great to see from this group that... Despite the fact that they didn't have Will Barton, he was a late scratch in this one. They haven't had Michael Porter. Of course, they haven't had Jamal Murray. That's your starting one, two, and three. That's pretty important in terms of putting up great offensive numbers, doing everything you need to do as a team. And it just didn't matter because this team, they know how to play. They're in a really good rhythm right now. And the shots fell tonight. Uh, That was a really just big, important piece of it, was that this team, especially with the bench, just had their shots fall. Nikola Jokic got it started. Aaron Gordon got it started. Monte Morris got it started. Those guys were fantastic. Let's talk about the starters in the first segment and then talk about the bench in the second one. Jokic was great. Yusuf Nurkic wanted no part of him. Jokic was awesome, just continued to go right at Nurkic, uh, going in the pick and roll, going in uh, the pick and pop, 
also went into the post in this one and battled on the glass. Uh, the final line, like I said, it, it doesn't show the complete domination, but 28 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, did have 3 turnovers, was a plus 9 in this one. And Jokic was just great. He is the alpha and omega of this group. And when you don't have a pl- when you don't have players of the talent of Murray, Barton, and Porter, and you have basically an entire line of backups in there, along with Aaron Gordon, who has been very good, but I don't think anybody would consider him a true second option offensively, you know. Like they had to play as a team. They had to move the ball. This was the way that that group was going to be able to succeed. And they did. They found a way to make it work. I thought one possession that was very emblematic of that, Austin Rivers comes around a flare screen as Jokic is kind of dribbling towards what is usually an action that Denver likes to run. Uh, The guard will go around the flare screen. Then the forward that set the screen will then come into a DHO with Jokic. Rivers just continues his cut. And rather than settle in the corner, he goes right to the rim back door, and it's a wide-open layup for him. And I don't think the Blazers put up a lot of resistance at this one. I thought that was pretty clear to see. There's something going on with them. They didn't have Damian Lillard, but it looked like even if they had Damian Lillard, they wouldn't have been able to defend Denver no matter what. Like This was just a complete butt-whooping, and it started on... Like the Blazers not being able to give a damn. Or even when they did give a damn, Denver would just hit them with a backdoor cut or they'd hit a timely three. And Jokic was the king of that. He set the tempo, set the pace, put together a lot of great shots, hit three of his three, three, like hit three out of three from three, excuse me, uh, hit three of three from the free throw line. And the capper on his nights was the halftime buzzer beater that he had where wrongly gets called like Mark Davis was just uh, doing this thing for the entire night where he would change shooting fouls into common fouls on the on the floor that like they weren't in the act of shooting Jokic clearly in the act of shooting with one second left on the clock but it doesn't matter because they drop a play for him they uh, set a fake screen a decoy screen for Uh, I think it was Monte Morris or Bones Highland, one of the two. And then he turns around and rescreens Yusuf Nurkic. And Nurkic was just nowhere to be found on this particular play. Jokic catches, hits the rainbow three going into the half. And at that point, the game felt over. It, It just wasn't really close after that. And the bench did a good job of making it work. But Jokic continues to put on a great tempo. Uh, where he knows exactly when his team needs him to put up some points. And in the third quarter, at the end of the second quarter, he really went to work in both of those, where you could see the momentum slipping a little bit, and then Jokic gets a bucket, and then Jokic gets another one, and then Jokic creates an easy shot for somebody else. It was just like clockwork, and that's what he's done all season, and it's really helped Denver kind of stabilized in this very injury-laden period. Not to be outdone, Aaron Gordon, I thought, had a really good game as well. Uh, He wasn't the only player that gave up threes to CJ McCollum. 
Uh, CJ had a pretty decent game, 21 points on 17 shots, 5 of 10 from 3. But Gordon was on him for a lot of that, and I thought he did a pretty decent job of, of preventing some of the easy shots. And then when the Blazers would rotate the ball out to the rest of their shooters, Anthony Simons didn't hit, Robert Covington didn't hit, Norman Powell didn't hit, Yusuf Nurkic didn't hit. Like I think those guys, by the looks of this box score, combined for 3 of 14 from the three-point line. That's a big difference in this game. And it wasn't like Denver's three-point shooters were any better, at least in the starting unit. But then the bench shooters for the Blazers didn't really help them out either, whereas Denver's did. Uh, But Gordon was really good. He started this game off really strong where he was muscling guys and he was continuously uh, showing off the strength, showing off the athleticism, came around a a quick curl uh, for a DHO from Jokic in the first quarter, takes one dribble, gets to the dotted line and takes off uh, with two feet and throws down a tomahawk dunk from very far out. Very impressive athleticism from AG, and he really is showing to be more of an athletic uh, player than he was last year. So many of these plays he wasn't putting together last season, and he's talked about being healthy. Uh, He's talked about being able to rehab and being able to refocus on his athleticism, and I feel like the Nuggets have really unlocked a lot of that aspect of his game. Uh, The final line for him, 11 points on 12 shots. Three rebounds, one assist. It's nothing sexy. It's nothing like incredible. But I felt like he was on the perimeter a lot tonight, doing a lot of uh, defense on the primary ball handlers for Portland. And he helped really slow down their, their offense at various points, and that was very important. Monte Morris was also very good. This was a very good performance out of him. 15 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. Uh, A good defensive night for Monte Morris, in my opinion. Not just because he grabbed the rebounds and grabbed the steals, but just wasn't being taken advantage of in so many of the opportunities where the Blazers, they they did have Anthony Simons out there, and they did have CJ McCollum and guys like that. But I thought a lot of those baskets came with McCollum staggering with the bench and Simon staggering with the bench and guys like that. Uh, They didn't get a lot of headway uh, when they were going up against Morris, and I thought that he did a pretty reasonable job there. Also, just a very competent pick-and-roll partner with Nikola Jokic, where he comes off of a screen, takes advantage of the space that the defense gives him because they're attached to Jokic at the hip, And he took a nice step back jumper. He took a nice rhythm jumper. Sometimes gets into the paint for floaters and things like that. Hit a three tonight. Probably could have hit one or two more threes, but you you can't really complain on 15 points on 12 shots. So very good night from him. He matched what McCollum and Simons were doing. That's the most important thing when you have a guy like Jokic is you just don't want to be outscored that much by your matchup. Uh, like like going 20 to 2 or something like that. He scored 15 points. Anthony Simons, who started at point guard, had 16. That's good enough. And Jeff Green was pretty solid. Austin Rivers filled in for Will Barton, who was a late scratch tonight. Not really sure 
Uh, it, it seemed like the, the lower back tightness, the lower back stress that he had uh, cropped up during warm-ups. Obviously, you want to be very uh, cautious in that situation. And given that Denver has a game tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks, you might want to see if he could save it for that game where you're probably going to be needed a little bit more. Uh, because let's face it, the Blazers are not of the same class of team as the Dallas Mavericks and not nearly the same class as the Denver Nuggets. It is very clear based off of watching them tonight. They are going through the ringer. Uh, but overall, a really good night from the starting lineup. Uh, Jeff Green kind of fills in the gaps doing what he does. Five rebounds tonight, including two offensive. That's very important. He's got a nice block on Yusuf Nurkic as well. Uh, Austin Rivers, the only basket that he had was on that backdoor cut that I talked about. He's got to start hitting some threes because it's getting kind of ridiculous. Uh, we saw some other guys have some success tonight. Faku Kumpazo, Jamichael Green. Hopefully it's Austin Rivers' turn. Hopefully he does get an opportunity to turn that around. It doesn't just go back to the bench. Uh, but we're just going to have to see. I'm very curious. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss this bench uh, explosion that happened for the Denver Nuggets. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen. I'd love to know where you listen from. Uh, it's always pretty cool to hear where uh, the audience is tuning in from because it, it can be all over from Cordoba to Serbia to Australia, uh, the, the corners of the earth, if you will. Let's talk about this bench lineup and where better to start than just like, let's count up the points that the bench had. Jamichael Green had 12, Zeke Naji had 8, that's 20, Faku Campazzo had 13, that's 33, Bones Highland a career high 18, that's 51, and PJ Dozier had 12, so that's 63 bench points. 63 after all of the troubles that the Nuggets have had scoring so far this year, to put up 63 points, it, it's against the Blazers, and they suck on defense, don't get me wrong, but this is a really big deal. The Nuggets, they knew that they had to shoot well in this game in order to win comfortably. And they absolutely did that. Uh, let's, let's start with Bones who is now becoming the sixth man. Like, I, don't, I think it's pretty clear. P.J. Dozier comes into the game and kind of fills in the gaps here or there and may play the most minutes some nights, but Bones really is the leader of that second unit, and it's become pretty clear based off of how they defer, based off of what they do. Uh, but he has now put up three straight career highs in points. 12 points a couple games ago. 15 points last game, 18 points tonight, 18 points on just nine shots, five of nine from the field, three or four of eight from three, four of four from behind the arc, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, 
not being taken advantage of defensively except by the opposing team's stars like CJ McCollum. Everything else is gravy. Like, like he is just continuing to be a revelation for this basketball team. And getting that level of off-the-dribble creation with the creativeness that he has and the flair combined with the fundamental, which is uh, something that Adamara said to me uh, after or during the last game where he was playing against uh, – who do they play against? I don't even remember – uh, it was great. And and he continues to just absolutely draw the crowd where he gets in isolation. He understands the moment. He goes up against Larry Nance or Tony Snell or Nasir Little or Yusuf Nurkic, Robert Covington, guys like that. And rather than back down from that moment and try to give the ball to somebody else and find the other mismatch that's on the floor. He goes at it every single time and the Nuggets give him the ball every single time. And it's really cool to see because he continues to have success in those moments. And there was one that he had tonight where he's isolating at the top of the key. And I don't remember who said it, uh, but they called it Iversonian as an Allen Iverson. The way that he crossed over the the player at the top of the key and got into the paint, it was on a a Zeke Naji attempted dunk or attempted layup that got blocked or something, but he just absolutely dusted, I think it was Larry Nance, and his ability to get into the paint, to create for others, to be at a proper tempo, where he knows how to leverage the situation at every single point, is just so unique for somebody so young. These are professional basketball players we're talking about here. These are the best of the best in the world. And I know that the Blazers are definitely not the best in the world right now, but this is a really, really impressive performance, and it's becoming a trend at this point that he continues to put up these great numbers while also just being the catalyst for great offense, even from the second unit. So I'm glad that they've been giving him the ball. I'm glad that he's been taking care and and taking advantage of that opportunity because it's making Michael Malone's decisions a lot easier when Bones is giving him great play every time, where he's giving him a lot of productive opportunities on a consistent basis. And this has been a long time coming. He had one bad game against the Houston Rockets. But beyond that, he's just been incredible. He's just been fantastic and couldn't be happier for him just being in this situation. He's com- he's clearly living it up. He's having a great time. And I'm very excited to see where this goes because I'm, I am a very big Jamal Murray fan. Don't get me wrong. But Bones is doing things right now that I, I don't even know if Murray was doing as consistently at this point in his career, just this early. So really excited to see where Bones goes, really excited to see what he does with the rest of this opportunity because he's just firmly in the rotation right now. He's very needed, and the rest of the group can now play off of him. And I thought that P.J. Dozier and Faku Campazo were both excellent in terms of playing off of him, finding their own opportunities, 
and making the most of them too. And that's where you get 63 in terms of the bench points. Let's start with Faku here. Really great game from Faku Campazzo. Uh, very impressed with what he did and, and what he was able to put together. Kind of had some turnovers here and there, and it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong, but you love to see a player who's been going through a really big struggle period, who's kind of just been really bad for a lot of this time, get an opportunity against a bad team and really maximize uh, the lack of defense that they're playing and and just kind of take advantage of that situation. Five of nine for Faku, three of six from three. A couple of those were really big too. The last three that he hit was very, very impressive where he had the ball on a string and was going right at his defender in isolation. And he just like, the the defender had no idea where he was going. So Faku just takes advantage of it, gets to a spot that he's comfortable with and pulls up, shoots a moon ball and hits it. Also had a play in the first quarter, I'm pretty sure, where he's on the fast break, gets the ball in transition, flies down the paint, and then hits a circus layup. And it was just really, really impressive. Has 13 points, four rebounds, or four assists, two rebounds, one steal. Was a plus 18 on the game. That's what you want to see. Where whatever whatever's happening with Faku, he's just on the floor making a positive impact. Tonight, he made a positive impact both in the uh, kind of the abstract sense from moving the ball to kind of playing with pace, helping play off of some other guys, but also just hitting shots. Sometimes it just comes down to that. And he hit shots tonight and, and it looked really good. I'm not sure how sustainable it is. I'm not sure whether he's going to stay in the rotation. But on a night like tonight where the Blazers clearly didn't have it, Faku just gave it to them. And that was really cool. Also, P.J. Dozier played really well. He was fantastic from behind the arc. 12 points, 4 of 6 from 3. Those were the only shots that he attempted. And thought he did a great job both in pick and roll and isolation. Uh, Also picked up 4 assists. uh, Two of those to Jermichael Green, unless he had more. Um, But at least two of those to Jermichael Green, where Green got a dunk out of it. And he just uh, hits a nice cutter in those situations. Green making himself available was really big. Uh, But 12 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists for Dozier. I feel like his defense has taken a little bit of a step back. And and that's probably the kind of one downside of him being in this situation. But I hope that that's not the case. I hope that he can lock back in on that end. Um. Guys like Norman Powell, CJ McCollum, Nasir Little, not really Dennis Smith, but uh, Anthony Simons some, I thought that they were able to not take advantage of him at times, but it wasn't like they were fearing for their lives when PJ was on him. So hopefully he locks in uh, as much as he can on that end, makes it work. Uh, but Jermichael Green? Thought he had a really great game as well. The the entire unit had a pretty good game, except for Zeke Naji. But he even had eight points and ten rebounds, including four offensive rebounds, and he hit a couple threes. So it wasn't like it was bad. Jermichael Green, though, 12 points on six shots. That's the efficiency that you love to see from him. Five of six from the field, two of two from three. Uh, three of the 
are his, he had three makes from two point range, and at least two of them are dunks. I don't. Oh, the other one was a uh, was where he flashed to the paint, uh, in like kind of to the elbow area, to kind of relieve Bones from an isolation, and Bones hit him for a nice little two uh, two point jumper there. Very impressive stuff from the entire bench. Zeke Naji getting into the rotation. I thought that this was a big deal. I think that it's very important for this bench unit going forward to not play four guards. Austin Rivers, I know that he deserved to be out there based off of the defense that he played and was doing a pretty good job. But I do think that the bench unit needs two guards or needs uh, needs three guards and two bigs or two guards, a wing and a big or two bigs or something like that. Primary reason being Zeke Naji being out there, uh, he grabbed 10 rebounds. Jermichael Green just grabbed one. He didn't have to grab all of the rebounds for that entire group in order for them to be a positive rebounding group. 10 rebounds is a big deal for Zeke Naji, and some of those came in garbage time, don't get me wrong. But it is important for him to continue to do the little things, show that he can do the little things on a consistent basis. Because it's going to give him an opportunity to show off that three-point stroke more and more. And if he's involved in pick and roll with Bones Highland, with Faku, he's going to get opportunities to show that off. I thought that he was really close on a couple of possessions around the rim as well. So he will get those opportunities back and we will see if he can capitalize on them. I think he's probably going to be in the rotation tomorrow against Dallas. We will just have to see. I'm not really sure. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy, but if I were the Nuggets, I would go with the exact same rotation, except for maybe Rivers in there outside of Faku, and then Barton back healthy if if he is. Uh, we're just gonna have to see there. But I do think that Zeke and Jamichael Green should play together going forward. I think that combination makes a lot of sense, and I like that the chemistry from P.J. Dozier, from Faku, from Bones, is really good with both guys. Because then you can use either in the pick and roll. They can both shoot. Uh, Jamichael Green hitting two threes today, two of two. Really, really important for that three-point stroke. Uh, It's a good sign. Is it the mark of a better bench unit going forward? I don't know. But perhaps the Nuggets are figuring some things out. Perhaps they don't necessarily need to rely on their starters for 35 minutes of great play. If they only get 25 some nights, and then they get 10 minutes of great bench play and 10 minutes of average bench play, that's fine. But if they get great bench play, and they keep the opposing team kind of even, or even kind of extend the margin a little bit, Gives Nikola Jokic some breathing room. Gives Aaron Gordon and Monte Morris and Will Barton some breathing room. It's the most important thing for keeping those guys healthy and fresh. Not to feel like they're overtaxed. Not to feel like they are doing everything for the group. Because I I understand why the notion is that Jokic just has everything on his shoulders right now. If the bench can take some of that pressure off, that'll really help everything fall into place. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss taking care of business. We'll be right back. 
All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. 5-0 and homestand. Nuggets are 9-4 and now. 5-0 and on this homestand, and they were without Jamal Murray, of course. Michael Porter Jr. plays seven minutes in that Houston game and then comes out, and we're still waiting on that information. And I know that I put out some uh, some pretty alarmist content here today on Twitter about the MPJ situation, but I, I do think that it is worth being alarmed over. It's uh, There's a lot of scary stuff going on there. But what I will say, kind of in their stead, is that this Nuggets team, they don't necessarily need Jamal Murray. Or, well, here's what I will say. The Nuggets need Jamal Murray to be great. They need Murray to be a great team where he can kind of step up and manage the two-man game with Nikola Jokic, be a consistent off-the-dribble threat. Barton gives them some of that. Morris gives them some of that, but not all. I think Nuggets fans know that, especially deep down. Like, if they had a fully healthy Barton for the playoffs last year, would it have changed things? Maybe. Maybe. If they had a fully healthy Murray? Absolutely. No doubt about it. The Nuggets need Michael Porter if they want to be at their best. If they want to be the best version of themselves. They're going to need Michael Porter to take some of that off-ball pressure off of Jamal Murray, off of Michael, off of Nikola Jokic, off of Will Barton, guys like that, where if he's a 45% three-point shooter that you can't leave at any given time, then hell, where does the defense go? They're going to leave Aaron Gordon most of the time, but the Nuggets have found ways to weaponize Aaron Gordon, where he's in a very dangerous spot for most of uh, their possessions even now. So imagine when when Michael Porter goes back, they'll find an even better way to weaponize Gordon. There's no doubt about it. But the thing is, is I think what this stretch has shown, they don't need either of those guys, Murray or Porter. They don't need either of them to be a really good team. They need Murray to be a great team. They need Murray and MPJ to be the best team. But I don't think they need either of them if they just want to be very good. They want to be a top 10 team. They want to be competent. Top 8 even. Like I think you could you could make an argument for that based off of the way that Barton has played, based off of the way that Gordon has played, Morris, and especially Jokic. That dude is in line for defending his MVP award in a crazy, crazy fashion. Uh, tonight, Steph Curry lost with the against the Charlotte Hornets and Golden State in the, the second road game that they've played all year, basically, or second game outside of California that they've played all year. They finally go down. They go down to 11 and 2. Denver's 9 and 4. They're not that far behind. And the Warriors have basically been in a really ideal situation outside of just not having Klay Thompson who they haven't had for two years. Denver's been in this really tough situation, and they fought through it. They've been able to rally around Jokic. What he's been able to do to some of these centers, he's just incredible. Goes at Cat, kills him. Goes at Nurkic, kills him. 
like goes at Bam, kills him. Just absolutely demolishing some of these guys. I have no doubt that if he played against Indiana, he would have killed them too. So many of these guys are very good, but Jokic is putting them in their place. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Deserves a lot of credit for being a, like, just delivering every single night. Michael Malone deserves a lot of credit too. He's had to manage a tough situation, put out a bench unit that just sucked to start the year, hasn't gone back to it since, has incorporated Bones, given him an opportunity, given him a way to shine. And he's starting to kind of manage these rotations and manage these minutes in a way where it's giving these players more of an opportunity to succeed, especially off that bench unit. But even with the starters, you find a way to win without Murray, Porter, or Jokic in the Indiana game. You coax that out of your team. That is incredible. Barton deserves credit for that too. Don't get me wrong. He has been excellent on the year. 30 points in that Indiana win, and Denver doesn't win if he has a point less, in my opinion. But Jokic being in this situation, Barton being in this situation, Malone, they have really stepped up in the face of adversity, in the face of a situation that so many teams, like the Portland Trailblazers, would just completely flop under. Bones Highland, he's been a revelation. Third straight career high in points. Just continues to do everything that this team needs off the bench. From the energy, to the excitement, to the shooting and creation, to even some defensive moments. He has absolutely brought it. And if they don't have him, I don't really know where this bench would have gone. I think it would have been a really, really scary thing. So take take your hat off to Tim Connolly for sure. And the scouting department on that end. This team just continues to surprise. They continue to be in great situations where they they just win these games that they probably shouldn't be winning. Uh, They won the Phoenix game to open the year. They won against the Dallas Mavericks and then won a back-to-back against Minnesota. They won against Miami without Porter. They won against Indiana without Jokic, Porter, Murray. Took care of Atlanta. Took care of Portland. If they win against Dallas tomorrow, like it's just, it's people will go bonkers. They, they shouldn't. They should definitely not win because they are coming off of zero days of rest. And Dallas has two days of rest. That is a rest advantage game for the Dallas Mavericks. They've had a lot of time to prepare. I'm sure that they had a full practice today too. And they're going to get some good game info on how the Nuggets are using Jokic and and, uh, Morris and Gordon and guys like that. So we'll see if they can deliver against Dallas tomorrow. But that's for another podcast. It's important to appreciate what they're doing in the moment. And despite the fact that there's some scary stuff hanging out there with MPJ, despite the fact that we don't know what version of Murray we're going to get when he ultimately does return, it's important to live in the moment. It's important to understand that you can't control the future, can't control the future outcomes. 
and just enjoy what this team is doing now. They are putting together a great season once again. 13 games in, 9-4, and four, doing what they need to do to win, and doing it with some, with some freaking swagger, with the MVP of the league, and just like they've been here before, because they have. They know how this works. They know that this is important. They know that even when they don't have the ideal situation, that they can't just back down. And contrary to that, they're actually stepping up. They're doing way better than just that. And it makes all the difference because they're third in the West. They have the fifth best record in the NBA. And who knows? Maybe they go up from here. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. I will be back tomorrow after the Dallas Mavericks game. Hopefully we see Aaron Gordon shutting down Luka Doncic. Hopefully we see Nikola Jokic dominating Kristaps Porzingis. But even if we don't, the game after that, the Philadelphia 76ers. That should be fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys tomorrow.